Um, I bring greetings from First Baptist Church in Billings. Most of you probably already know me, and um, your church is like a home away from home. I even have my own bedroom at Grace Holiday's house. No, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, thanks to Grace, most of the time I pass through Bozeman. Uh, she always invites me to stay with her. So, but some of you probably don't really know me. Uh, my name's Jay Stockton. I'm a newly endorsed missionary with uh, International Ministries and American Baptist Foreign Mission Society. Before I share with you my mission and about myself, I would like to praise God. He brought me here safe yesterday, and he gave me the opportunity to be here at your church. Thanks to Pastor Jason, he gave up his precious time with you. Normally, pastors doesn't give out their Sunday morning sermon to other people. So thank you, Pastor Jason. And... Uh, I am really grateful I got this chance to come and share this with you. The message I'm going to share with you is about the calling of Christ in our lives. And I'd like to share with you the goodness of God in my life. Did you know that we're all missionaries? Wait, let me rephrase that. Did you know that everyone in this sanctuary are called to be full-time missionaries. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but yes, I did say we are all called to be full-time missionaries. So many times in our lives, we believe the misconception that only some people are called to be full-time missionaries, when in reality, as believers in Christ, being on mission is our commission. Whether we are paid, unpaid, overseas, or here in the United States. Whether in school or in our job, we are all called to tell others about Jesus. Let's all read from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through verse 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission doesn't say go forth pastors or go people who love to travel and meet new people and try new gourmet foods. It didn't say that. It simply says, go. When we come to accept Christ, it is our joy and responsibility to be telling others about him. If we know we have the truth, isn't it as important to then share it like a precious treasure do we keep the secret to ourselves, or do we share it with everyone we meet, just like a beautiful engagement ring or a beautiful pendant? So many times we see ourselves as people who are involved in activities and jobs that happen to tell others about Jesus, when in actuality we are people 
who are missionaries who happen to be involved in activities and jobs. For it says in his word that we are supposed to be making disciples and bringing people to Jesus. In another verse, let's all read in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the word Jerusalem on that verse means our local area. It tells us to share Christ within our family. Sometimes there are still one or two people in our family who doesn't accept Christ. Or maybe they're in the wrong path. And also, our Jerusalem is at our workplace. Or it could be while we're waiting for our appointment at a doctor's office. That's our Jerusalem. But the word of Jesus didn't end there. He continued to say, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But that's not everyone's calling, isn't it? Because everyone has their own callings, their own gifts, who's actually being called only here in our Jerusalem. You could be a mother of seven kids. Or you could have an elderly parent who needed some assistance, or you're, you're actually already serving at your local church, sharing the love of Christ, even in your own local community. Now again, that last part where it says, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, that is a calling for some. And I'm one of those. And this is why I'm here. I would like to share with you this brand new ministry in Mexico and what I feel God has called me to do. As a full-time global servant, I will be serving in Mexicali, Mexico, a city in the Baja California region. Mexicali is the capital city of Mexican state of Baja California. It has a population of almost 1.5 million according to the 2010 census making the city and metropolitan area the second most populous in the Baja California. Mexicali is in the northwest part of Mexico, north of Tijuana, just right across the border. I'm not going too far. I'm happy about that. Um, every t I mean, when I was processing with international ministries, one of the questions they have is, where would you like to go? Because they want, you, they want to take you where your heart is. And I would always say several times, I'll go wherever God takes me. You know, even to the remote, remotest area of the world, I'll go. But God just, is just taking me to, across the border. I'm happy because I'm not too far from you all. While in Mexicali, I will be working with the Baja Baptist Seminary and other seminaries around the region as a computer specialist. At the same time, I will be assisting with this brand new mission, the MTS program, Master in Theological Studies in Latino and Latinas Ministries, started by International Ministries in collaboration with American Baptist Home Society and Palmer Theological Seminary at Eastern University in Pennsylvania. As a computer specialist, I will help the students get familiar with programs and software that they would normally use throughout the master's program 
and I will be traveling to different regions to disciple students and help them prepare as future Christian leaders. See, Latin America and the Global South have become the center of growth in the evangelical church in the last 15 to 20 years. The reality of such light, lightning fast growth is that there is a desperate need to provide trainings for pastors and leaders in the church so that it can continue to grow and maintain healthy faith communities for decades to come. With rapid urbanization in what is considered the majority world, there are very few resources and many churches are suffering because of lack of quality theological education to strengthen the church. The online MTS program addresses these growing needs for training pastors and leaders in the Latin American evangelical community, whose growth has also encouraged Latino and Latinas pastor here in the United States. While quality training for church leaders in Latin America and the Caribbean is hard to find, funding postgraduate education with the scarce resources of majority world countries is even harder. Well, in response, our mission provides scholarship to these Spanish-speaking students through the generosity of supporters through international ministries. So far, we have seven groups of classes. We have two in Mexico, two here in the US, two in Brazil, one in Bolivia, and this year, we are starting three groups. One in the US, um, one in Mexicali, and in the fall semester, we will be starting in Dominican Republic. God is amazing. His hands is definitely on this mission because they're also lining up to go to Chile, to Spain, everywhere. That's why I, I titled my mission, my ministry, Adventure with Jay to Mexico and beyond. Because it's going to be all over the place. I'm excited. Well, here's the need. There is no official religion in Mexico as the Constitution guarantees separation of church and, and state. However, more than 80% identifies as Christian. But at the same time, the gospel that celebrates the love of Jesus has been buried with, by, by, tradition, by tradition and rituals. Mexico has four main indigenous tribes, the Olmec, Aztec, the Zapotec, and the Mayans, each with its own unique set of gods. I mean, we all have that, right? We all have that uh, small, unique set of gods, like when we focus ourselves to, to our jobs and before God to serve. You know, that's considered a, you know, a set of God. We need to focus ourselves to Jesus, no matter what. The people of Mexico have been told to find hope in places where there is none. Family is one of the highest values of Mexican culture. Families are large and deeply connected with each other, making individuality a quality less highly valued than in American society. This value of community is beautiful but the enemy has used it to blind the hearts of many Mexicans. 
Because there is such a strong connection to family, family members will grow up believing exactly as their parents do. And again, we are like that also. We grow up in our family. Sometimes our parents wants to go, wants to go to, I mean, wants us to go to a university where they graduated. So it's, it's almost all the same. But in, in, in their situation, the result is society of deeply loving and vibrant people who are lost. At least here in the United States, we have freedom to worship. We know where to go, right? We go to the feet of Jesus. Well, through this degree, the Baja California region will be infused with gospel-centered preaching and passionately dedicated servants of God. Actually, those pictures were taken by our recent students, our recent graduates in Mexico. Their ministry is to go visit tribes, and they do sessions about conflict transformation. They teach individuals how to create a safe and sacred space where people can work with the feelings of hurt, tension, and disharmony found in conflict. They teach how they can have a healing environment to exist so the Spirit of God can work through creative dialogue in order for transformation and reconciliation to occur. Imagine how God could use own, Mexico's own people to bring the hope and peace of His Son to them. Well, now I would like to share with you about myself and where I came from. For some of you, you're probably wondering where this beautiful accent came from. I would like you to know me, because no matter what, you are my family in Christ. I was born and raised in the Philippines. I was born to a Filipino mother and American father. My father was a sailor in the U.S. Navy. My father met my mom when he was stationed in the Philippines. Unfortunately, my father left us when I was almost three years old. But don't be sad about that. God has a plan. (laughs) He was stationed back here in the States, and instead of sending my mom uh, some traveling papers, he sent her a divorce paper. Life was very difficult for my mom. When my dad left us, while my mom worked, my, my grandmother took care of me. I can recall there were times we had to wait for mom in order for us to have dinner on the table. And even when mom comes home, sometimes all she had with her was a small amount of rice, just enough for one meal. There was also a time mom wasn't able to pay our rent and we were evicted. Yes, I was once homeless at the age of five years old. Our landlord evicted us in the middle of the night. We packed our stuff, and I remember they were packed into this small raggedy vendor cart. Barely nothing on there, mostly our personal belongings. I can still remember we were walking on the street, and it was dark, and it was raining. With my tiny brain, I couldn't figure out what was happening. So I asked my mom, where are we going? I will never forget her response. She said to me, child, everything's going to be okay. God will provide. Since then, those words were engraved in my heart. 
Everything's gonna be okay. God will provide. And yes, my mom was definitely right. And moms are always right, huh? <laughs> God was truly good and he was faithful to us. He did provide and he always does. Have you ever seen those commercials for organizations that support kids on TV from other countries? You can support those kids by sending a certain amount every month, like World Vision. I was once one of those kids. An amazing woman named Amelia from Chicago, Illinois, was a godsend in our life, in my life. Amelia was my sponsor since I was six years old. I was actually in second grade at that time. She helped my mom and she enabled me to go to school. And you know what's amazing? God is good. Amelia was there for me until I finished college. Here's another God's provision. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was eight years old at a Baptist church, a church planted by an American missionary. American missionary. Can you believe that? A church... It's, it's a Baptist church, but it's not American Baptist. But I'm happy it's a Baptist church. <laughs> and see where God led me, where I am right now? I believe that God led us, my family and I, to that church where he molded me and shaped me through the teaching of God's word and leading by this American missionary. At, at the same time, this American missionary gave my mom 1,000 pesos to start her own business. That, that's about $150 back in the 70s. The exchange at that time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was like seven pesos per one U.S. dollar. My mom rented a, a commercial place, a small commercial place, where she had a small convenience store, and behind it is our living space. The place was constructed like a studio-type home. Still, barely nothing. We slept on the floor, no closet for our clothes. In the morning when we wake up, we fold our blanket, stack it on the side of, the, in the corner of that bedroom. But see, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this all with you because of God's goodness. I believe that it was during that time in my life when God planted the desire in my heart to become a missionary. Not knowing it though, well, did you know that you and I serve an amazing God who has a hope and a plan for our future? Another verse, he says on the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I'm leaving witness to that word. Even after I graduated college because of the hard life in the Philippines, I decided to leave the country. I came here in the States when I was 20 years old with several goals in mind. See, when, when a kid was born in a foreign country with uh, an American parent, the U.S. has a law where they could, they're, they're dual. I'm du I had dual citizenship when I was born. 
But that citizenship will go away if I don't take advantage and go to the embassy and just basically apply for a passport. So I did. I came here in the States where, when I was 20 and with several goals in mind. One of them is to find my father, get a job, to find the American missionary and my sponsor so I could personally thank them. God is good. I found my father, I got a job, I found the American missionary and my sponsor. My first date was in Nevada. I work at one of the hotel and casinos there. Well, 15 years later, I joined the army. Unfortunately, I was medically discharged after we came back from our deployment from Iraq. As an adult, I felt that getting out of the army was the worst time of my life. I mean, I went through difficulty when I was in, on my young age, but that was my mom's, you know? She's the one who goes out and, and, and you know, find you know, food and money for us. But this time, I had a mortgage to pay, car payment, and other stuff to think about. At that time, I thought, this can't be happening. This is not what I planned. You know, I, I left my job for 15 years in that, in that company in Nevada and, and, and joined the Army. When I joined the Army, I was 34. That was the cutoff age. And here I am, being discharged. I'm like, Lord, what is your plan? What's your plan in my life? I didn't get an answer from God at that time. But instead, I found myself serving with several ministries at my church. I even had two small groups at home every week. And I went to short mission trips. It was during that time of my life when I stepped up to my calling. During a three-day missionary conference at my church, one of the missionaries who was serving in Sudan had some pictures displayed and was laid out on his table showing his mission, just like what I have in the back pew. Um, you know, with him, he had these pictures of orphan children. I felt as if God grabbed my heart. Looking at those uh, pictures, I saw sadness at those kids' eyes. I felt pain. I felt like I wanted to be there. I wanted to tell those kids, Jesus loves them. I wanted to tell them everything's going to be okay. God provides. At the last day of the event, during worship, I was praising God. And I remember all I kept saying, send me, Lord, send me. Well, after that event, life went on. It's usually the way it is. I also went back to school pursuing a degree in dental hygienist because I have that GI Bill from the Army and, and it would expire after 10 years after you get out. So you might as well use it, you know, it's free money. I mean, it wasn't really free money. There's a story on that one with the Army. But yes, it, it, you already have that fund, so you might as well use it. But guess what? The God, we truly, the God that we serve is truly, truly amazing who fulfills our dream, hears our prayer, provide, heals, and have a hope and plan for our future. A few years later, I came to Billings, Montana. When I left North Carolina, I thought I would just take a semester break. I was almost getting ready to get into the program. I'm like, let me take a break for, for at least a semester. But no. God has a different plan again. 
I started attending First Baptist Church and became a member. After a while, I was introduced to international ministries by my pastor, Pastor Ross Llewellyn. He actually contacted international ministries. And my friend Pam Davis, she invited me to go with her to the biennial in Kansas City. Well, the call of, of mission in my life actually contains one surprise after another. From a young age and throughout my life, God has surrounded me with His grace and inspirations through the people in my life who serve Him. Those inspirations grew with the desire to serve Him, and it begins with a responsive echo deep within the corridors of my soul. See, the process for a global servant is not just a one-time process. It consists of several interviews from a panel of board of directors and up to the top CEO, executive director of international ministries. And they'll also send you for a psychological assessment. Can you believe that? They want to make sure, you know. One time, I was in a conversation with my friend Pam Davies. She said, Jay, I don't even know how you passed it. <laughs> well... Go figure. He even sent Moses on a mission trip to Egypt, isn't it? <laughs> See, I'm not perfect. I have my flaws. I also have junk just like others. And, I have, and up to this point, I know God is still shaping me. Shaping me. He's not done with me. He's not done with you. With us. The bottom line, I'm sharing all this because I wanted to remind you what God wants from us is a willing heart, and he will take care of the rest. Sometimes we have that willingness in us, but we can't do it the way we wanted it. Some people have that desire to serve abroad, you know, but like I mentioned, for some this is where our Jerusalem is. But still, God sees that willingness. That obedience from the bottom of our hearts. And he finds a way to fulfill that willingness to serve him for the glory of his son. See, my vision, I praise God. He brought people in my life. He brought you in my life. And he directed my path to international ministries and to this mission in Mexico. I want you to know that with this mission, we are preparing these students and empowering them to be Christian leaders and messengers of the gospel. I believe that the students at the seminary are being molded, shaped to be instruments to bring light into the darkness of Mexico and into their own tribes and communities. They will be salt and light in the midst of every indigenous tribes that we cannot reach. But they can, because those are their own tribes, their own people, and they can share the truth with them. See, my vision is to use the classroom as a place to create hope that flows out of school and into the lives of each student. While working alongside the students, I will get a chance to know them and disciple them and build relationships. And my biggest hope is to go with them into their communities and tribes and share the gospel. You see, when I first came here in, in Montana, in Billings, um, I was going to uh, school at uh, MSU, and um, on my weekends, I remember it was winter time when I first started, on my weekends I would go to downtown Billings with a backpack with me with sandwiches. Uh, sometimes I don't have 
time to go to Costco to get muffins, I would go to uh, McDonald's and, and bring, you know, buy those dollar uh, sandwiches or breakfast sandwiches. And I have a small uh, thermos of hot cocoa with me. I would walk the uh, buildings uh, the downtown, in downtown and, and look for homeless people. And I would hang out with them for a few minutes and then you know, just uh, see how they're doing, pray for them, and then move on to the next person. I love doing evangelism. I, like, I love going out there. See, to share the love of Christ to reach this unreached group in Mexico, that's what we're preparing the students. See, just like what the American missionary did for me and my family. That American missionary didn't just stood behind the pulpit. He acted the love and, 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 and he, shared, she, he shared the love of Christ to us. I wanted to be just like that missionary. I wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I wanted to be your hands and feet. And I believe we have to start with those within our reach. The students at our seminary, at the Baja Baptist Seminary and its surrounding regions. See, I'm very excited to be here, and I'm thankful that I was given this chance to invite you to, to be a part of this mission, because it isn't just an opportunity for me. I really believe that this is something you can be involved in, and I'm looking for people to come alongside me, to partner first and foremost in prayer. I believe that prayer is the most powerful, more than anything in this world. Prayer moves mountain. I would like to take this opportunity to request specifically if you could please pray for my transition and that God will provide and bring people into this ministry with me. I'm also looking for people to partner with me financially in order to see students in Mexico disciple and share the love of Christ to those who do not know him. I understand your first responsibility is to support your church. But if you are being led to give, I'm actually looking for 50 people to partner at $50 a month or any amount you are being led to give. Every dollar counts. You know, we have, I have this uh, brother in, in my church in Billings. He would always give me, uh, like, coins and, and one dollars. And, and, it, and it seems like he would, you know, um, he would, you know, just uh, save that. And, and the, he would give it to me. And so one day I said, you can send it to, um, you know, international ministries. And he did. Like the following month, I saw his name on my account. And it's not much. It's not much. Sometimes it would just be less than $20. Less than $10. He would send it out. So any amount counts. Right now, I'm only uh, 31% of my 100% goal for my budget. I need to reach 100% before I'm able to get commission. See, unfortunately, I cannot do this alone. But here's what I believe. I believe that the God who called us into this mission neither sends us out ahead nor sends us out alone. Instead, as we journey, we continually enter territory and meet people that God has already been cultivating. 
The God who is always ahead of us, calling us to follow and to enter into the harvest that he has prepared. So I'm inviting you to partner with me into this great commission in Mexico and beyond. But please pray and ask God if this is something he wants you to do. If you're being led to give right now, you can give directly to international ministries. I also have giving cards and envelopes at my display table in the back. You can grab anything you want on there. There's brochures. There's a guide for intern, um, uh, global servants. You can see who they are and where they're serving. And please feel free to come and talk to me later if you have any questions. Well, in closing, I hope you're not being bored so far. I'm not having you fall asleep on your seat. Okay, as I had mentioned earlier, we are full-time missionaries. And please keep in mind, this mission in Mexico and beyond the America, Ibero-America and the Caribbean is not only my mission or international ministry's mission, no, but it is yours too. That God is calling us all to fulfill his mission here on earth for his glory. By the way, I would like to share a praise report before anything else. And I have two, two takeaways for you. I would like to share with you how really God good is in my life and in your life too. First, I'd like to share with you with this mission that I'm supporting, the master's program. I'm one of the students that just graduated in May of last year. We are, we are the first graduating class for this mission. I am truly humbled and blessed that the God that we serve directs my path, our path. Second, I'd like to share with you, after 22 years of being divorced, my parents were reunited. They remarried, and they've been together for 26 years now, and they live in Billings, Montana. Praise God, he truly has a hope and a future for all of us. Now, lastly, before I actually end, I have two takeaways for all of you this morning. I promise I'm almost done. See, that's why you don't allow a woman behind the pulpit. We love to talk, you know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your lives. What I know is we live in a dark world that is uncertain. But no matter what's going on around us, no matter what's going on in your life, I want you to always remember we always have a hope in Christ. Hope that is sure. I'd say you can bet on the surety of this hope. Because Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies once and for all with, the, with his own infinite precious blood and his own indestructible life so that his atoning work for us is perfect and lasts forever. In my life, my mom's hope and faith in Christ is what got her through the difficulty of life in the Philippines, and even now. And now I stand here in front of you, a living witness of God's goodness. Actually, you know what? Difficulty of life will never go away. There is always something in this world that will affect our lives but that the, the God we serve never lie and is always faithful. He will always get us through. We need to keep hoping in Him. Let's look up to Christ. Give our hearts and, and keep hoping in Him. Let's, let's allow Him to be in control of our lives and to make Him our Lord and Savior. My second takeaway for you, and the last one, 
Please keep my invitation to heart to partner with me. I cannot do this alone, and I certainly, certainly need you. See, if I'm not mistaken, the last missionary that was commissioned in this state of Montana was about 25 to 30 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And see how God has prepared me from a foreign land, and this is where he is fulfilling his mission, his purpose in my life. And I'd like to involve you on this amazing journey. Let's journey together for the glory of God. Adventure with me throughout Ibero-America and the Caribbean. Thank you so much. Thank you again, and may God bless you. Have a good day.